Welcome to CTO Confessions with TC Gill. Brought to you by IT Labs. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This episode of CTO Confessions is brought to you by the one and only IT Labs, providing technology leaders with purpose-driven development teams for high-performance, innovation and productivity. What more could you want? Please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing quality, high-performing teams off that shelf. And your host today is me, TC Gill, IT Labs Chief Talking Officer, and I'm speaking from London, UK. And in this episode, we're going to be talking to Bella Labovich, the VP of Engineering at Athena Health. A wonderful, effective and mindful leader, as you will discover shortly. So let's not delay, let's get Bella into the space and share her enlightening stories and knowledge. Welcome, Bella. Welcome to CTO Confessions Podcast. TC, I'm delighted to be here and I'm wonderful. Thank you. Brilliant. That's great. So tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Who are you and what do you do and who do you work for? Um, So I am a vice president of engineering at a company called Athena Health. Uh, Athena Health is a health technology company. Uh, We're based in uh, Watertown, Massachusetts in the United States, uh, but we're distributed across uh, nine offices. Wow. And when you say distributed, I mean, is that around the globe or is it uh, local to the U.S.? Um, We have a number of offices in the United States and then uh, a number of offices actually in India as well. So, Bella, I'm really curious as to your journey to becoming a tech leader. What's that been like? So when I think about um, my journey, I think about it as my early career, my mid-career, and now I'm fortunately in my later career. And I started out, uh, as many of us do in technology, as a software engineer. And uh, I really, really enjoy building great software. That's my passion. And uh, quite early, actually, I did uh, get into uh, technology management and was a director of technology uh, for a team of 50, uh, and then decided that I really missed hands-on technology. Um, So I went back uh, to being an individual contributor, uh, an architect, a consultant. Uh, I did my startup phase, uh, you know, which was which gave me a lot of flexibility uh, at that time as a mother as well, being able to work, um, you know, remotely in in startups. Um, And then the last uh, later part of my career, I've actually focused in on um, tech leadership and a leading uh, teams, primarily in health tech. Um, that's where I've been the last few years. And what's that transition felt like? Was it was it a painful? Because being a tech leader is very different to being a techie. You know, uh, the skills from being a techie help, but it's it, it is different. Yeah, um, it's always a transition, or you know, especially when you make it, you just miss the hands-on tech. Mm. Um, and I'm passionate about both leadership and technology. Um, And so uh, I I won't, uh, I will admit it was hard. I I just was itching to to be working um, with technology. And that's why if you look at my career, I've gone back and forth. And I think going back and forth has actually made me a stronger leader. Um, And and I still make make sure that I make time for the tech. But uh, yeah. yeah. 
keep your hands in there. Um, yeah. As as many of the kind of po- regular podcast listeners know, I, I used to be a techie myself. I used to be a C plus plus embedded programmer, and I do actually remember pushing the keyboard away for the very last time. I checked in my last code and moved away, but I do have those cravings to going to go back. So maybe I'll yeah. uh, buy, but do a project. So that's excellent. So the transition for to, to tech leadership. So you, you, you've mentioned that you're were interested in the. Uh, leadership aspect as well was it something that inspired you for that or was there an individual um or was there somebody mentoring you that helped you through that it was one of those moments where i stepped up to help um my manager where there was a void um that he needed so i I somewhat fell into it it wasn't necessarily something i wanted to do um but then i realized i enjoyed um not only being an individual contributor, but also empowering those around me. Uh, and so that that was the moment when I realized, wow, this feels good. This is fun. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's interesting, actually, you mentioned around filling the void, because this is quite a, uh, I, I've noticed it throughout my career. And and I think there's certain people that fill voids. You know, they, they see a void and they go, Do you know what, I'm going to go and sit in that, you know, and fill that. It, yeah. It's obviously a kind of characteristic that certain people have, you know, so... So coming back to your company, Asina Health, what what do you do? What's the kind of prime target? What's the problem you're fixing in the market there? So Athena Health actually has a, a large mission, which is to deliver, create a thriving ecosystem that delivers accessible, high quality and sustainable healthcare for all. I mean, that's just a big vision. Um, you know, what we do practically is we provide um, cloud-based software for uh, doctors and health systems. Um, but what we're, we notice, I mean, I, and I, I've, or said this often, um, we we can bring video back from Mars, but to actually send your health records from your doctor across the street is, is still a huge challenge. Wow. And so what we're really focused on is really that ecosystem of um, interoperability to, to enable those connections between providers and patients and everyone in the healthcare um, sort of ecosystem. And so uh, it feels really good at Athena Health to come in every day with a mission. You know, yes. we're, we're really here to, to, to help um, change and improve the healthcare system. And then what specifically I focus on and my team's focus on our our revenue cycle management. And our mission is to really let let our doctors be doctors, let them spend their time with their their patients and really take away that administrative burden. And so what my teams do is really write the software that enable uh, this software that enables services to, to, to make this happen. Um, but broadly, uh, Athena also provides sort of electronic health record systems and, uh, and patient um, sort of abilities for patients to engage with providers and also sort of the whole suite of software that a, a provider would need to run an office. So, Bella, I've got a really fun question for you. What are your passions? What are the things that make you jump out of bed in the morning? So I just love building great software. And I love making a difference in people's lives. So I would say my passion that I, you know, really brings me to work every day is building great software that make truly makes a difference in the lives of others. Um, 
And now it's not about me, but it's really about empowering teams to do their best work to deliver that software. Uh, and that's one of the reasons I've stayed in health technology for so long, although there are so many verticals where you can really make that difference in people's lives. Wow, yeah. So you're not only uh, passionate about making a difference with your teams and the people that you work with, but also the impact that it has on the wider community and the industry yes. as well. And in that, with that passion now, I can imagine you take that into your leadership. What's your leadership like? So I think the core of my leadership is, is to set a vision for my team. My team sort of knows that we're focused on providing great outcomes for our clients quality outcomes in, you know, in a timely manner and then empowering them. You know, my job as a leader is how can I make sure that my teams are doing their best work in a very empowered way? Excellent. Uh, how do you kind of align people to a vision? Because very smart people tend to want to go off in different directions. A little bit like kittens, you know, you're trying to herd the kittens and they want to go off and do stuff. How do you achieve that? I think it's a balance, right? Again, if you're, you're focused on what am I trying to do for my customer and, and you, you bring them into that, that why, and then they, you pair them with, you know, for us, it's our product leaders, our UXers, yeah, on, on, on sort of the, the what, what are, you, what are you doing? And then you give them that freedom on the how in, in, in sort of a, a set of parameters of, well, we need to get to this to market, you know, in, in this timeline, how can we commit to this timeline? Um, I think that the, the, the mixture of the empowerment on the how, especially for techies, but also that view of, but I do need to deliver this, uh, that mixture I think works really well. That's excellent. I love that. It's kind of a nice journey of the, uh, the why, the what and the how, you know, it's the the, uh, the W's yeah. and the H, you know. I want to yeah. come back to one of your passions. Um, I know that you're involved in some kind of programs. Uh, Girls That Code, you, you're a mentor to kind of events like that, are you? Well, one of, yes, definitely one of my passions is attracting and keeping women in technology. Um, and so I've been doing this for a while um, in a number of different ways. Um, you know, I am the executive sponsor for Girls Who Code, and that's really bringing um, girls into technology early. Uh, you know, I think that's important. And, and, and having them sort of see that, that it is an amazing career. Tech is yeah. just fabulous, not just for girls, for anybody, right? But to, to really have them see that um, and see that there are women that are doing just, you know, really well in their tech careers. Um, and then, you know, at Athena, I started uh, um, the Women in Tech Initiative. But um, again, uh, we're really looking to uh, retain our women, provide them communities of support, um, really um, purposefully look at uh how many women we have, figuring out how we can attract more women. Um, and I, I, you, I'm passionate about this because I do know that the diversity of thought and the um, sort of what women contribute to a team, um, especially when it comes to that, is, is just huge. Um, it, the innovation, you know, yeah. is huge. And so, uh, and, and, you know, there've been plenty of studies done to show this, but, um, to, uh, you know, I, I know that um, we can make that difference. Uh, and and we're, we're, I'm definitely seeing it, you know, women are, are so much more 
um, empowered today and, 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 and joining uh, tech today um, than they were 10 or 20 years ago. So, so I'm very excited about that. That's brilliant. I'm, I'm really curious as there on your journey then as a woman in software. I mean, what was that like? Was it terrible? Was it was, was it fun or what, what was that like for you? Oh my goodness, TC! It was so fun. You know, look, I, I, I mean, are there challenges I ran into? Yes. You know, we all run into challenges in our career. Um, but the one reason, or one of the reasons why I recommend tech highly to women is you have flexibility and ask for that flexibility. And through my child rearing years, I was able to, to, to avail myself of, you know, maybe working after the kids went to bed, but actually being able to take time off work and pick them up at school. Mm. Um, so the, there is that level of flexibility. Um, there are, you know, again, wonderful men mentors you can find to, to, to bring you through sort of those difficult moments where you're balancing a lot. And I, I wouldn't say this is just women, but I think we do take on sometimes the burden of balancing home, balancing kids if you have them, balancing our you know work. And um, a tech is a fabulous place to be. I don't want to minimize sort of the issues that women face and, mm. and struggle with, but, but, but work through them because, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's such a it's such a fabulous place um, to be in terms of being able to mix a create the creativity and ability to solve problems and 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 build something meaningful. Absolutely, you're making me want to go back and start coding. <laughs> <laughs> My fingers are like itching to kind of tap away on some some code. And the the other question I have around this is that because I, I I tend to be quite an observer and um, though I, I I fight for equality when I see inequality. What, what, what is the barrier stopping women from getting into technology? Is it just not something that they're shown to invited to be interested in it? Yeah, I mean, I think, again, um, for um, organizations like Girls Who Code are showing girls early that they're just as good as the boys. I mean, it used to be sort of the boys were better at math, but, but they're showing um, girls that it's cool to be a technologist, right? That yeah. starting early is important and then providing the support uh, all the way through. So you're not the only woman in the room, the only girl in the room, right? And and that's changing as well. Um, and, and actually getting to college, you know, showing again, providing that support for women to, 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 show them that this is a great career and you can do really well. Um, yeah. yeah. But I think, what or, I think what organizations can do is to actually be purposeful and mindful of how many women do we have on our teams? Are we missing some, you know, how can we attract them? And then really um, then sort of having a woman on interview boards really helps, you know, interview team really helps. Um, to, to, for women who are interviewing across different companies. It helps to create a community of support for women. It helps for creating sort of, um, if, if a company can, again, focus on creating mentorship or purpose uh, sort of sponsorship programs, provide some leadership support and training. There's a lot you, that you can do um, to actually attract and then uh, keep more women um, yeah. and certainly having role models and and being yeah. mind mindful of your your leadership you know do you, do we have a equal women in leadership right. just take a look you know you also mentioned around being mindfulness around leadership describe that to us because some people probably kind of turn away from that thinking oh not this soft stuff but i mean i i truly believe in mindful leadership what does it mean to you well i think it, what it means to me is is starting at the premise of, of why am I here, 
right? And as a tech leader, as a CTO, I'm here really to make sure that my teams are working at their full, you know, their maximum potential to deliver quality outcomes for my clients, right? And then stepping back and saying, okay, how are my teams doing today? And so I tend to say, you know, look at it through the lens of people, you know, this, the way I do it is looking at, at, at uh, team performance and organizational performance through the lens of sort of people, process, and then technology, right? So let me look at my people, you know, are they working at their full capacity? Are my teams sort of high performance teams? And let me be purposeful about seeing what might be preventing them from doing their best work. Um, and, and there's a lot of things you can do in that area. We can talk about that later. Um, and similarly, let me look at my, my process. Let me look at my operating cadence. How, how, is, how is my team structure? How, uh, are, what, what is my meeting cadence? Sort of how, um, how, how are we engaging as an organization? And then the last sort of bucket is your technology. But again, taking that time to step back and look that mm -hmm. that to me is is mindful leadership yeah. um and, and and that's a skill as well because i i feel as if um a lot of us are, are, are and, and myself as well um going from meeting to meeting and doing and doing and doing and we're not making time for thinking and reflection I love that. It yeah. sounds very grounded. I think being grounded and, and observing just for a second to, to, to then understand, you know, how you're feeling and, and how other people are feeling uh, allows you to make more in, enlightened com, uh, uh, decisions around what needs to happen next kind of thing. You know, mm -hmm. so that's, that's great. Now being mindful around uh, yourself, okay, and your well-being, what's the things that stress you out as a tech leader? What's the things that keep you up at night? I, I actually, as a, as a volunteer stress counselor, I don't believe in stress. I try not to believe in stress. So, um, you know, and I try to ground myself, as you, you say, and I try and try to bring optimism to what I do. So I'd rather not stay up at night worrying, but I would rather, again, very mindfully say, what is it that I need to be focused on as a leader today? And, and, and be purposeful about that. Um, today, what I am focused on and, and thinking about certainly in my organization is growth. Um, you know, we're, we're um, actually looking to grow and um, I, I was just looking at numbers today, 80 more engineers this year. That's a lot of engineers um, to, you know, figure out how am I gonna attract those engineers, when, when they join us, how are we going to onboard them, um, you know, make them productive quickly. Those are, those are things that um, I think about right now. You know, that's what's keep, uh, your quote unquote, keeping me up at night. It's not keeping me up at night at all, but I am focused uh, on that. In yeah. Your, it's in your mind. It's it's uh, catching your yes. attention kind of thing. You know? Exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. And and what are the things as a tech leader you're doing to kind of help that onboarding process and, and uh, adding um, accelerant to the growth, you know, so it's not being held back. It's going in the right direction. 
Yeah, you're right to say the onboarding process is extremely helpful. I mean, you know, something that we all should be thinking about, particularly on these during these days of COVID, which makes it even harder to onboard engineers. So um, we actually, uh, again, purposefully invested in our onboarding process. We had a team come together and actually create uh, a process, you know, a, a set of uh, documents and, and exercises and um, really lead our teams on how to best onboard engineers. Um, and then once the engineers come on, really develop a buddy system so that they have of somebody who's with them initially to sort of bring them on board. That's really important nowadays for sure. Excellent. This brings me on to a follow-on question around creating high-performing teams, that kind of um, thing that all tech leaders are looking for, you know, tech departments. Yes. How do you go about creating your high-performing teams? Um, again, a, a, a few different ways, but really when you look at uh, a team, really uh, and an inspired team is, is an, an empowered team is, a, is often a high performing team. Right. And so the first question to ask is, how, how do you define performance? And I think a high performing team is one that's you know, delivering outcomes at a pace perhaps higher than the average, but really higher than they used to. Right. So so it's about sort of that continual improvement and it's about resilience. Mm. And I think that you can make a team high performing by firstly sort of and we touched upon this before, but really having them inspired by understanding the why of what they're doing and involving them in the what of how they're doing. And then empower them, empowering them in the how, which is, you know, let them own the code entirely. Make sure that architecture is really one of their core um, things that they think is important, but they own, you know, even if there's oversight, let them own their architecture, let them own their code base. Um, let them, you know, teams thrive on that kind of autonomy and independence. And so create an environment around that. But at the same time, make sure that they're accountable, right? Accountability is also important. Um, and so we've had a lot of success recently by uh, using OKRs, right? So have the team sort of develop. We, uh, we work on a release basis um, at Athena because we can't deliver uh, software too often to our, uh, our, our, our uh, provider's offices. They can't absorb change every two weeks. So even though we, we're agile, uh, and, and we deliver software every two weeks. We don't necessarily release it every two weeks. And so we ask our teams to, to kind of think through, you know, what their objectives are and, and what, what key results they're looking to deliver and then how they're looking to deliver them and actually commit to that for the most part. And then really once the teams have that view of where they're going, why they're going there, empowering them is, is very powerful and then holding them accountable, but want them wanting to be accountable, not, not in a punitive, punitive way, but I think teams want to be accountable. They want to show that, look, we did what we said we did. And so that's been, that's, I think that's, those are uh, some core tenets of high performance yes. um, that work really well. Excellent. And, and this kind of speaks to the kind of whole agile. I mean, this is what agile means to me is having that um, cross-functional autonomous teams that actually want to own the solution. They give me yeah. the problem and I, I will produce what, 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 you know, the outcome that you want kind of thing. Um, so that's, that's excellent to hear. Yeah. And, and there was another thing that I was going to say as a follow on as a purposeful leader, mm. I think team chemistry works 
it is it's really important. And to be able to look at your teams and say, okay, this team is the chemistry really working here. And you can see teams where chemistry works, right? They go, you know, not in these days of COVID, but they, they go out to lunch together. They engage together. There's, you know, um, and then they produce those outcomes together. And sometimes you're missing that key team member, or sometimes, you know, a, a difference maker is a team might have that high one high performance that, performer that pulls the rest of the team up, you know, identifying that top 10, 20 percenter that's actually going to make that difference to the rest of the team and, 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 and sort of inspire that high performance. Um, That's sort of been interesting for me to learn and observe uh, through the years, you know, and, and, and when you, when you, when I see a team chemistry that isn't working and I find that one member, oftentimes a high performer, maybe a leader, you know, maybe not the one that produces the most code, but that, that, you know, really inspires and pulls up the rest of the team. I suddenly see all the team members performing amazingly you know and and that's something that i've actually learned through the years so what i'm hearing bella here is is um something i'm passionate about is the social system of organizations you know the 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 healthiness of that and and how you can see that i I hadn't really thought of that before but um that's a great share is is seeing how the team's going to do stuff outside of work as well you know Uh, maybe going for a walk at dinner time and whatever you and it all feeds into that productivity because it's strong connections strong um relationships and what have you that's yep. excellent and that brings me on to a follow-on follow-on question which is around <laughs> um keeping that social system healthy during these times of remote working um the covid uh, era how's yeah. that been it's been interesting to observe um the stronger teams set up their social hours right that they, they, they they've taken sort of uh, extended it virtually. Um, and, and so I am seeing a lot of teams setting up moments to connect just socially to play games together. Again, in, depending on the team, um, you know, I have a team that meets every day at noon to play games and that's what keeps them together. Mm. Um, but it has been challenging and it's particularly challenging for the newer members of teams, right? Cause some of the social bonds that have been formed in person have, have sort of continued on. Um, but then there's, there's new members coming on. So um, it, it's definitely a challenge. And again, you know, coming back to, uh, and you'll see this theme for me, which is being purposeful about it. You know, what can we do to make sure that we don't lose those social connections? That's right. Yeah. I love leaders seeing the value in that, that aspect of the human element, you know, humanity in the workplace. It's really important. So that's great, Bella, that you're creating these high performing teams. One of the things that's coming up in my mind is around metrics, measuring, measuring how that performance is going. Can you speak to that? Definitely. Um, You know, metrics, for me as a leader have always been really important because I, I, you know, there's a saying, but what you don't measure, you can't improve. Mm. Right. Um, And so, you know, of course, it's always been one of those age old questions of how do you measure performance and more than performance? I think what's important um, to measure is is get together with your leaders or or think about what metrics are important to my team and my organization, right? And some of these metrics uh, are, are agile metrics, right? How are, you, how are your teams doing around story point delivery? Uh, how are they doing ar- around, um, you know, from sprint to sprint, delivering on what they say they are going to deliver? Um, some of the metrics are around quality 
You know, how are the defects? Uh, how, how many production incidents are my teams having? What is their uptime? Uh, what is their uh, mean time to detect and mean time to deliver? Uh, how long is it taking my teams from inception to delivery, for example? You know, th there are a number of key metrics. So one of the things that I have done uh, for my teams are to actually create these scorecards um, and, and use, measuring these metrics from month to month. And you might start out doing these sort of measuring these metrics manually and then you might you know eventually you want to automate them once you determine that they're valuable to your team and again i think this kind of goes to um my thought around team empowerment if you collect these metrics and you reflect them back to your team your team's going to want to improve them right yeah. and these metrics are important to you as a leader as well because they tell you where when things are going awry so I, I think metrics are, uh, you know, always important. Um, you know, we, as Athena as well, last year, we used metrics to measure um, if our teams were more, we, we picked how, how we measured our productivity and, and, and looked to see if our teams at a macro level were being more or less productive than the year before. Uh -huh. And we found that they were actually being as productive or, or almost more productive from home. And that was a good sign for us, for example. Yeah, so, right. yeah, yeah. So one of the things that I would urge uh, CTOs and leaders out there is to, to think about their metrics, measure the metrics, examine their metrics, that they can be really powerful and, and help again help you in your journey because i think as a leader you're always on this journey of just constant improvement brilliant i'm gonna throw a little bit of a kind of negative question in there we haven't got time measuring metrics is time consuming and there's it's very manual and what have you what would you say to that well, firstly, I'll, I'll say it doesn't have to be manual, right? You have systems, just to use your systems. You know, even a JIRA has APIs. You can, you can, you can get your metrics out of there. Um, secondly, I would say, again, prioritize what's important to you. And I think as a leader, what should be important to you is continual the continual improvement of your teams. What should be important to you is the signaling of something going wrong. So make that time. Uh, mm -hmm. It is important. Brilliant. I love it. I'm I'm sold. I'm I'm buying into that. I think it's great. And and um, I've also got a question around improving processes because because we've got these teams, we've got the social system, but there's some kind of operational system as well. Um, speak to how do you improve processes? What, what how do you deal with your processes within your organisation? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the important things as a leader also is to notice that your processes and your operating cadence, as I mentioned before, that you put into place, which is your, your org structure, your meeting structure, your, your, the way you com your communication structure um, will change over time. And so you want to put in something that's optimal when you're, you're a smaller organization. And then as you grow, you want to continually say, is what I have in place working? You know, do we have too many meetings? As a tech leader, is this the moment for me to sort of spawn out a platform team? Are each of my teams doing the same thing again and again? Do I, you know, do I now need to create a platform team? Do I need to, is this a moment to start creating reference architectures? Because the teams are writing the code you know, the same code again and again, common libraries. Mm -hmm. There's a lot you can do as a tech leader. And I think that's where, you know, when it comes to operational cadence, processes, um, tech, really being mindful, thinking about that, you know, on a periodic basis is, is really important. Okay, so as we come towards the end of the podcast, the, the, the closing arc, what advice would you give for tech leaders, aspiring tech leaders out there? For an ex aspiring tech leader, I'd say, 
be it, you can be a tech leader. All of us are leaders. Um, and to actually look and say, you know, what drives me every morning, right? Uh, and if what drives you is empowering teams, building great teams, uh, and you're willing to be able to sort of sometimes step back on the tech part of actually coding, right? Um, but, but more around sort of setting visions, setting expectations for teams. If, if that's what it, it sort of makes you inspired when you wake up in the morning, then tech leadership is definitely the place for you. Um, yeah, that, that would be my, my, my sort of takeaway on tech leadership. But tech leadership is also about really understanding the tech and have, you know, making sure the tech inspires you. Yeah. And, um, you know, in the end, it's about your team and it's about building just really strong teams and caring about your team. And, 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 and that's just a whole lot of fun. Uh, that's great. And, uh, and yourself, in terms of your, your aspiring kind of uh, desires for the future, where do you see yourself five, 10 years from now? So, TC, if I am doing what I'm doing today, five or 10 years from now, boy, I'm a lucky woman because I really, really love what I do. Um, and so I, I hope that five or 10 years from now, I am I am continuing to make a difference um, in the software I build and make a difference uh, in, in the lives of the people I lead. Um, that's what's important to me. You know, I hope I can, uh, I've had a long arc of a career journey so far. And so I hope I can also be able to share that and help um, other leaders, help other companies as well. That's brilliant. I love that. You know what? I felt I felt a really nice, warm feeling when you kind of said, I'm already where I want to be, you know, kind of thing. I just <laughs> want to stay here. And that's great. That's, that's wonderful. And hopefully that will inspire people to also, you know, if they're not so happy in the situation, and find what really makes you resonate and, and gets you uh, want to jump out of bed in the morning and love your work, you know, exactly as yeah. you described. Um, Ego, this is a fun part. As as uh, many of the audience know, I love my books. I think books are great. They're beautiful mm -hmm. gifts, handing, you know, from, from an author's heart, to handing them over their wisdom and their knowledge. What books would you uh, recommend for other tech leaders out there or just generally leaders? Sure. Um, so one of the books that I really have enjoyed is called Above the Line, and it's um, by Urban Myers. Urban Myers is a football coach and everyone's surprised that me of all people, not necessarily a football fan, uh, it recommends a book by a football coach. Um, but he touches on what, what's important to me, which is mindful leadership. And he talks about leading from above the line. And what, what he says is uh, when you lead from above that line, you're, and, and you teach your teams to be above the line, they're not on autopilot they're actually being purposeful and on task um, as opposed to being on autopilot and just doing, doing, doing. And, and so he has a powerful message and I really like his, the book. I like uh, how he sort of uh, presents and how he inspires. And certainly he himself has been really successful and uh, he's been able to lead winning teams. And so his advice is about leading winning winning teams um, so that's that's a book that i would recommend um, another couple that i've read recently and have liked are um the uh, five uh, the lean startup um, probably a lot of uh, tech leaders mm -hmm. have heard heard that one um, and then the five dysfunctions of a team that yeah. that one's been interesting as well um, mm -hmm. but yeah that's i what, love to what... i absolutely love to read i love a good book it's yes. just uh 
you you always you always walk away with one nugget you know and that one nugget uh can be a difference maker yeah, I, I mean, it's one of the, I, you're totally right, you know, the gems that you can get out for books, because I really do pick up a book and thinking, what is this author trying to gift me with, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I tend to stick a post-it note, and so, so I have, I'm very purposeful of my reading, why am I reading this book, you know, and then that kind of aligns, but but the five dysfunctions is one of my pillars, you know, I love that, <laughs> because it's, it, it kind of, it just beautifully makes uh you know, it just simplifies what you need to do. Get trust into the organization. Now that's not easy, but it's a good start in the direction. You know where you're going to yeah. start. So, so that's great. Um, and okay. So unfortunately we've come to the end of our time together, Bella, uh, your parting gift for the tech leader, women and men out there, what gift would you, a uh, key takeaway would you leave them with as we leave the podcast? I'll leave you with um, two T. Te- key takeaways, or perhaps the first one, which I've touched on through this podcast is make time, be a mindful leader. And what that means is make time for yourself to just sit and think, or perhaps not think, right? So put on your calendar some time, maybe it's on a Friday morning, maybe it's, you know, um, maybe go for a walk and just think in two ways. One is be quiet and see what comes to you and you'll be surprised. And then two, actually be purposeful, you know, think from week to week, what should I be doing for my team? Make that time. Um, And I say this because we are so busy and we're always running here and there. And definitely as other CTOs out there, I'm sure your calendar probably like mine is just filled with meetings and to-do lists and email. Um, So that, that would be my first one. And then the second one would be really be, again, be mindful about learning. Um, because again, to make time for learning is really difficult. And one of the things that I did last year, because I was frustrated about just not being making time, being able to find any time to learn was I put a, a half hour on my schedule from four to four, four thirty every day. And I, 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 I found some uh, great teammates to be my learning buddies uh, and and we created a learning circle and we certainly didn't get together five days a week, but even twice a week we got together, uh, we watched videos, we discussed articles. It just forces that learning. And as a tech leader, if you don't keep learning it, you you know, you you get obsolete very quickly, right? There's so much going on. There's always so much to learn. So yeah, those would be mine. Yeah, it's a learning storm. I mean, it literally is just changing all the time, you know. And what you knew uh, a couple of years ago is now updated or upgraded or or totally different. But uh, thank you for uh, spending your time with me uh, on uh, CTO Confessions Podcast. I've really enjoyed the conversation and I've got lots of gold nuggets that I'm taking away from our conversation. Thank you, TC. This was great. Wow, what a leader. It's such a refreshing experience to hear Bella's approach to her leadership mindfulness, purposefulness, and using metrics to drive the business with continuous improvement. I thoroughly enjoyed my conversation with Bella and also how Athena Health has created a tech solution to help professionals focus on what they do best, putting the fun and focus back into running their businesses and unburdening them from other aspects of business operation. So what were your key takeaways from the podcast? Well, here are mine. Number one, again, the importance of metrics and measuring and how, as leaders, we need to find time to do this. My second key takeaway is the power of a tool we all have as human beings, mindfulness, and how that can be enacted to great effect to all aspects of what we do. 
Thirdly, and finally, how companies can create more diversity within their companies by encouraging girls and women into tech, a subject close to my heart. So thank you again, Bella, for your time and for sharing your wisdom. High five to your leadership approach. And of course, wishes of continuous success for Athena Health and the solutions you are providing to the market out there. And finally, remember to subscribe to CTO Confessions podcast and IT Labs newsletter, where you get regular tech articles and invites to the IT Labs webinar series. URLs for this can be found at the bottom of this page. We are consistently creating material to create, nurture and support a community of tech leaders. And of course, if you want to know more about IT Lab services, including our Teams as a Service service, please don't hesitate to get in touch. As mentioned in the intro, please think of us like tech leaders' favourite off-the-shelf service, providing agility, high-performing teams off that shelf with a wide breadth of skill and knowledge. Well, that's all, folks. Look after each other and keep safe. Wishing you all a good day or evening, wherever you are in the world, from all of us here at IT Labs. Live long, live well and prosper. Until we meet again on the next CTO Confessions podcast.